All right, hi friends. I have the distinct privilege to bring today one of my favorite people on the entire planet, and that is Pervy Lippincott, who I am certain of is my soul sister oh, from yes. many lives. Yes. Twins. Twinsies. Like all the lives. People get us confused lives. all the time. I know. No, I'm not Pervy. I know. I know. Are we at kindergarten? Yes. No. They really do kind of maybe. Actually, like, all the time. Oh, how's Pervy? Like, I love that you asked that before my children. Like, it's so nice. <laughs> like, we really love the other here in town. So shout out to our sponsors, India Garden. Sponsored unofficially by India Garden. If yeah. you eat anywhere, eat there. Chana Masala is good. It's vegan. It's good for everyone. It's so good. Which, yeah. We're eating that on Sunday. I can't wait. Um, so Pervy is here, and we're going to talk about restorative yoga, and um, and also just the changing of the season to winter, um, and kind of capitalizing on that through our yoga practice. Pervy is brilliant in many, many, many things. So hopefully we can do more episodes. But today we'll try to keep it to this topic. So Pervy, first tell me and the humans who are listening to this a little bit about. Um, your yoga journey and how that led you to or where in your path that led you to restorative um okay in a nutshell my asana practice really grew um from like a need to fill a gap or a void in my like go-to cardinal fitness when it was still here and pay like four dollars for my membership you know, to do like crunches in front of a mirror and a really mm-hmm. tight quarters. Mm-hmm. Like I needed something else. I didn't want to run on a treadmill. And so I really got into that physical practice. And, um, and so when I found myself without a job and, uh, time in my life for once, like in between things, I got on my mat regularly at the yoga studio and was in that like efforted practice yoga style. And it really helped me meet my yoga where my like physical needs were lying to right like it was a new something new it was something I could do aerobically my body from being a cheerleader in the past lives um, <laughs> with twins maybe I don't know you didn't cheer you Probably. did dance though but um it it helped me and I felt like I did well in it and there was some sort of you know I could like it was something I could see myself progressing in physically and, and mentally and so um it's neat that like that really gave me a chance to explore and I did my first teacher training in in India and then I um went to India and did another and here I feel like I did a challenge finally when I got back from India I did my first 30-day challenge I was at the yoga studio and um that's when I was doing a lot of my rigorous practice my movement my vinyasa the the sweat the warmth the music the beats the flow like the meditative movement And physically, I couldn't maintain that. And so I started going to restorative yoga. And I think that, like, brought my yin and yangs together. And I think it, like, feeds my, like, emotional Libra moon self. And, like, I, I, like, yoga is all of these things, right? And, like, what we need each time um, and in the seasons of our life changes. And I think that's my that's my yoga story so now I teach like a lot of flow and let goes here what we you know practice in the like efforted young um, movement inspired practice and those like longer juicy holds um, bringing us back into ourselves and um, holding some quiet space in our R&R classes like a place to really like shut down where I realize like I don't need all the beats and the movement and stuff I actually need to lay the hell down 
and not be stimulated and not experience through my senses any more than I like do in my that I that I can because I can feel the ground around me and the clothes on me. Um, so it's evolved quite a bit. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, it's so good. I I, <laughs> I remember when I think it was you. Anna, surprisingly Anna, because Anna is like a world-ranked CrossFit athlete. Um, Hannah Cole and someone else was like, hey, we should add this style of yoga to this schedule. Like, we should do some restorative. And I was like, okay, great. What is that? (laughs) We're like, well, you lay there for four to eight minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm fucking out. I can't. I can't. I can't lay anywhere for four to eight minutes. And I, I remember us putting it on the schedule and being just, like, mind-fucked with, like, I'm, I'm sorry, so, like, we just lay there? Or, like, we just, like, you just, like, build props and, like, just, like, sit on a fort the whole time? So I remember hearing that and thinking, like, my <coughs> pure pitta vata soul not clicking, like, why we would need it. And now it's the, it is the number one practice I crave. And so I think in our go, 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 like culture, in our product-based economy, it is um, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, go until you can't go anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm doing this women's course that um, has highlighted to me and working with Storia has highlighted to me how bad like my adrenal burnout is. And so it's just all of it has culminated in me realizing the importance of a practice like restorative. And I too have had the path of like a super physically demanding um, meditative movement practice, which I still love. And I do like the heat and I do like the music, but I find myself nowadays craving that pause and that reset, or we call one of our uh, restorative classes R&R, rest and reset. So um, can you maybe talk about the theory of restorative yoga and why rest is important? Yeah, um, so I was really fortunate um, to get a chance to take uh, restorative training with Judith Lassiter. Um, what you know, of course, it was like the year we suddenly decided to like get married, and I was like doing all the things. And um, didn't she like help you pick your wedding dress? I mean, you I showed it to her. Picture. I brought it. Right. My last day, I brought it. Right. I showed it to her. It was I so wonderful. That. Yeah. Oh my god, I showed her pictures of it. Yes, on yes. Oh my god, Judy, I loved her. Um, she also like yelled at me in my forward fold and like no bent knees in forward fold you know like we straightened our legs and I was like oh okay oh, yeah. sorry okay sorry Judy love you um, but no it was it was neat it was like uh, I'd been doing some of the restorative yin practices and it was there was more props than I was used to having access like regularly making accessible for myself not that they weren't there but actually utilizing them in a practice and um Lindsay Mahler's presence was just like juicy mm. and gooey and it was like a thing I wouldn't give up for myself and so I went and studied with Judith Lasseter uh, one of the other teachers there was going and I caught wind of it and um, her idea is that we hold and we be still because you know we're constantly going right like that um, our parasympathetic nervous system which is our fight or flight is constantly stimulated our red alerts on our phones our instant access to our email um, when we think about it how quickly our stressors are triggered and how infrequently we come out of that state of being um, there really is a need 
for rest and relaxation and to truly get to relaxation means to turn away from all these sensory stimulations sound and you know all we're bombarded by noise all the time right and really give our place um, bring ourselves to a place where we can slow down and activate our sympathetic nervous system did i fuck that up did i say that the wrong way is it I, no I, I think you're right yeah, yeah you disengage parasympathetic nervous system and yeah. you re-engage or you want to you activate the parasympathetic acti- nervous system yes yes there you go yeah. activate the parasympathetic guys I know we're know what we're talking about we want to activate the parasympathetic nervous system just like first of all we are not doctors one so if you're listening to this to get a prescription you need to call someone else and two I this is what Noah always says that you know gives me a lot of permission is like to be a yoga teacher is to be a um, a therapist who shouldn't be practicing therapy, a massage therapist who shouldn't be practicing massage therapy, a kinesiology professor, um, a medical doctor, you know, like, yeah. So anyway, I'm just giving you permission that like you're allowed to yeah. okay. not say everything perfectly. I feel like I normally get it right. I also like, alert, got, I have pregnancy brain currently. I feel like I can't get any of my facts right. Like, and that's when I knew when I had to go pianistic because I was like, I can't remember logical, analytical information. Like, the, these are my strengths. Like I am fucked, and it's because I'm pregnant. And so, um, but anyway, we want to step away from fight or flight. We want to come into rest and digest, and we really want to step to to trigger that. We have to to relax is so complicated, so hard, and that's what yoga teaches us, right? Is that like we are trying to be content where we are and as we are, and see all that we are, um, and what we do is we fixate on the past and what have been different and, and how we can anticipate for the future. And we keep drawing ourselves to these things with anticipation and effort and anxiousness. And we're not calming the fuck down. And I think that was a really big thing. And so you hold poses for a long time in a, in a way a flower opens, we release into the pose. We're not stretching and reaching and pulling into the pose. Um, it is quite different kind of effortless and in the blocks and the blankets and the straps and the sandbags they do the work that Mm -hmm. we um don't have to do the work and and they can support us so we can really open up ourselves and and settle into ourselves all all at once and we yeah yeah i think one of the um i think one of the pieces that has stuck with me like since practicing restorative yoga is asking for help I think we ask the props for help and you have to you have to surrender to the props and I think um when it's just left to your own devices you don't do that well you know like to truly surrender there they've done studies where like you know if you if you ask somebody like can you move your arm to this point you'll say no because your pain receptors will tell your brain like you can't move your arm there because it's going to hurt it'll it'll go in to protect you um, but then if somebody is asleep, they can move your arm well past that point, not because you can't physically move there, but because your brain is always trying to protect you. It's mm-hmm. always trying to do that job of yeah. survival. And so it'll send out false signals. And like you're saying, we live in chronic stress. So we're constantly in fight or flight. And restorative asks you to, to ask for help. And to sit in that. And oh. I think that is like the most uncomfortable thing for so many of us. And 
I, I know for me, I, I don't know that it was intentionally taught, but I, I was taught intentionally to be a servant and to be of service often. But what tends to transpire in like service conversations is that you are in a position of hierarchy mm-hmm. instead of I'm doing this as the fair exchange because as human beings, we have to ask for help. Yeah. And so yeah, I think yeah, that like that's what I've gotten from practicing restorative over the years is like, this is me letting the props do the work for me. And this is me asking for help instead of trying to will my way into everything, um, surrender into it. And so I think whether you know that or not from practicing with you and from, um, you know, doing the trainings we've done with our staff and everything, I've really taken that away as like how to ask for help without having to say anything, you know, just like, just letting go, just surrendering. And you can't, I don't think you can do that in a vinyasa class in the same way. You can do it in other ways, but you don't have the opportunity to just like free fall, let go. Yeah. I think that's so well said and, and, and how we can like look at it as a place of opportunity. Right. And like why we do it. And uh, I mean, somebody just took class last week and they were like, so I have some questions about you. I don't know if this is the yoga I thought it was going to be with the thing that I arrived with, but then I realized I maybe just needed to not do anything. You know, mm. it's like, I know, I know. Isn't that funny? I'm like, I don't play music in my rest and resets. Um, I tell them, I'm like, guys, we don't do a lot. We hold a few poses and I try to make time for meditation, but sometimes like, you know, this disclaimer is not there, but it's like, it takes a lot of fucking work to get props together and get bodies in comfortable places where they can let go. I see you fidget. Like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to assist you till you can... And I keep asking you questions because I want you to get to a place where you can try to let go, right? And we use more and more props and we're really fortunate to be in a place where we have props. Like, I teach it, um, you know, uh, in, like, classroom settings and we don't always have blocks or blank we don't have Mm -hmm. we don't have blocks or blankets and and you're talking about such a range of students body types and ages and demographics like it um, how do we meet them where they are without some help and I think that's another thing that's evolved with my like practice and teaching is um seeing my props as tools and Mm -hmm. not like I just said it yesterday in class you know it's like these aren't they're not tools or they're not crutches they're tools to elevate your experience right so like bring your ground up to you or sit on something firm or, you know, soften the blow, like take, bring, bring something in to help you out. And it's not going to work in every style and every practice and I get it, but like there's a real purpose for it in restorative, why we use the props and it's so we can let go of our investment and like let them do the work. Yeah. I've heard, um, I've heard props called yoga technology um, ah, like because it. it's just like, you know, when you use social media for the way it's intended, it can be incredibly healing and it can be incredibly connective, right? Like it actually creates community. When you abuse it, then it is no longer serving you as a tool or a technology. And so I think when we look at the props like technologies instead of crutches and just changing the language in your mind, you'll use them a totally different way. I mean, I do not practice without props. I know. And if I don't have a prop, I will get a book or I will get a pillow or I will find something, you know, a towel. I mean, and you don't have to have formal props, but I do, I do love that 
you have since we started because you're you are the OG teacher with Lily yeah. um, have always pushed me and us to use props to carry props so I am very proud of that because I think it's it does make it more accessible and and it encourages people to ask for help whether it's from them or it's from a yoga technology piece or whatever people have to ask for help or they not have to but they feel empowered to and I think that I think that's also the gift of a restorative or even a yin practice is learning to like give yourself to yourself and surrender. We used to call yin willful surrender was the original name. I loved it. That's right. Yeah. Just like you have to choose. Yes. You, I mean, especially in our culture to rest is a choice to not go and do the thing to not say yes, like to make the conscious decision to pull back and pause, I think that is such a brave choice in our culture because often it is. Because there's a hashtag called FOMO. Yes, yes, yeah, and and it's so insane. Like, and we just and then we don't give each other space to rest, you know. So I think what you've also taught, um, and I'm sure in the training y'all are doing in December, you'll talk through. But one of the things that you brought up. Uh, so pervy those I keep forgetting people are listening to this oh when uh, pervy did a training has done two trainings now with our staff on how to teach restorative or just how to have like pieces of it in their class one of the things you shared was like don't make a sound like when you walk around the room like your presence should not be known unless you're giving an instruction because you want to give them the full capacity to just be with them and I think you and I have had this conversation about friendships when you get that text, it's like a scathing text of like you didn't show up or like you said you were going to be there, you know, like all this, we don't give each other permission to like cancel plans or take a nap, you know, like that's also a weird cultural thing. That's why I love our expectation relationship, right? Instead of like, what is, what is like, it's all like giving ourselves space to just be, and then whatever works, works, right? Yeah, and that's what I loved. I took so much away, more than probably you meant, of that instruction because, like, in me not making a sound and me being conscious of how I maneuver the space, I give them permission to be without concern of what I'm up to or my expectations of them. So I think that's that was so brilliant. And even in, you know, the one class that I teach a week right now, I, I, especially in Shavasana, I try not to make a single sound as I move around. It's really interesting because, like, once you become so aware of your presence and, like, they feel the wind walk by them, right? Like, if you're hardly pacing, they hear the pit, 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 pat, 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 pat steps that you're, even if they're super light, like, when do we, like, really take on, like, not being the distraction, right? Especially at the end when, like, the dust is settling and all the work and the efforts, like, coming to and the hardest pose of all right which is to just be especially when we're stir 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 and so it's like it's lovely that in shavasana like i you know i just try to i try so hard to create silence for them somewhere students for myself it's like a thing that i try or i like crave and i know when i'm become overstimulated because it's like i'm judith said it when we were there i was as i was planning a wedding there was a pose they did with like 12 20 sandbags and she's, I like was watching them and I had like my hands on my face and my eyes were wide and my jaw was like, not actually dropped, but like energetically, like it was on the floor. And she's like, it's like you're salivating for this pose. Shall we put you in it? And I was like, oh, oh. my God, yes. <laughs> oh, my 
a sandbag on blocks on my forehead, on my arms, on my hips, on my feet, like, oh. like, like just completely tucked in and supported and grounded down and anchored into the earth beneath me in like a weighted fucking blanket in sandbags and in all the right places. And it was uh. just you know at that time in my life we had decided to get married on friday we had bought rings on saturday we filled in the family on sunday and i left for chicago and i was gonna try to find a wedding dress and like (laughs) find a wedding in st louis you know and it was just all these things and we were doing stuff and um it was pure fucking chaos and it was the year we were starting teacher training oh my god you know is it and it was really not that long ago which is what's so bizarre but it's like it it's become such a regimented part because I I feel like I'm so aware of it myself and now as a parent let alone a parent of a toddler um who's moving around and curious and he loves sounds we're in art class at line and form and he's like hammer bang bang block bang bang Mm -hmm. block like you know scooping shoveling like he's really into like the the sound quality of hearing the crayon on the on the on the clipboard and Mm -hmm. um but it's like we're we're in this auditory stimulation. We're in this place, and like to have a place to be held and let go and be in silence is so is so important. I mm-hmm. didn't know I needed it until I got some of it, and then I was like, oh my gosh, can I get more? And it's hard to make time for that. I am like the most guilty, where I'm like, okay, what free time do I have this week? Great. What like movement based class am I gonna take because I really like need to move my body because it's been doing all these things and kind of taking on all these energies and sharing my energy with all these things. And I kind of just need to move for myself, but that Shavasana, if anything, right. That I walked away with in this restorative learning is that like, don't shorten Shavasana. Don't Mm -hmm. skip out. Don't deprive. Don't deplete. Like that's so essential to our overall well being. And if you think about the percentage of work we put in in a movement class and then how little of it is done in stillness and in like a deep efforted effortlessness, it's like, it's so vital. It's so mm. vital. I, can, I just get juicy thinking about how important it is. So important. Yeah. I think if, if you're listening and you're a yoga teacher, that's like one thing to extract that I certainly have extracted from Pervy is like, just don't cut Shavasana. It is the most important, especially in the time that we live in, in the culture that we live in. I think it's it's primo. And um, and I think you said something really important that like a restorative may not be the pose or the pose, lol, the practice that is calling to you. Like sometimes, especially if you sit at a desk all day, maybe you do need to move your body. Um, but I think inviting it in intermittently or you know I'm I'm a mother of a toddler and a four-year-old and right now like all I want is silence and I and I move for a living so like that is the opposite of Mm -hmm. what I do so that's what I need but you know I think it's a balance and that's why here and in many other studios in India and across the country people studios offer a collection of that so I think if you're listening and you're a student it doesn't have to be your primary practice, but sprinkle it in when you can. It's, um, yeah, it's just such a good change of pace, especially as we move into the holidays. I think that's one one key piece we wanna have everyone walk away with from this episode is that rest, prioritize rest, especially when you're going from party to party or family occasion to family occasion, prioritize rest, 
prioritize it. Uh, maybe it's Shavasana before you go to sleep, you know, just resting in your bed before you actually try to go to sleep, just taking time to download and to pause. Um, and if you can fit in a restorative or a yin class, we call those um, competitive napping, R&R, and what do we call it again? Deep stretch. Um, you know, if you can get some of those more like slowing down classes in, great, or, or try to fit it in yourself. Um, you are leading a restorative training, our first ever in December. Um, for anyone that's interested in that, what can they expect to get out of that? Um, well, we, I, I feel like my restorative has, has continued to evolve, right? Since like studying with Judith Lasseter, um, practicing here in town regularly, like where I was making time for it and how I'm making time for it has all evolved. And, um, so we'll look at a lot of the restorative from my trained experiences and my practice for it and how I teach it. And we'll still, um, I feel like we'll explore some more of the active shapes, like downward facing dog with the chair, you know, like there'll be, um, I'm excited to like bring a few concepts in to help us kind of explore what a shape is and how we can find it when we use props to mm. support our shape. And that can be restorative in a sense, right? Because we're, we're finding something in, in a shape that we do often, right? Opposed like downward facing dog. If you're in any yawn based class, you've, you've, you've done a down dog, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, so we're, what can we learn about ourselves when we make it a restorative pose, right? So like, how do we use things to help elevate our hips and reach and create extension in our joints? And, um, and so it'll be, it's, it's new. I'm excited. I feel like I've really honed in on my experiences of like resting and, and letting go, but there will be some exploring on this. And, and I, I think like, Judith's big takeaway for me as I've been building this program and going over old content um, has been even the littlest amount and consistency goes a long way. So like doing grand restorative practices so irregularly and inconsistently like is life and that's how you'll get into that practice. And if you're able to and you have the space even a few minutes a day, right, is worth creating for yourself if you can. And so I started with uh, legs up the wall, I carry a strap everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been setting a, a reminder on my phone. And um, most days I get to check it off and be like, okay, and I got my legs up the wall with the strap. Um, and I've realized like what it's done for my mental and physical self. And so we'll be exploring all of these themes and like, you know, what how we can create like bigger practices to open up and meet the bodies and needs of our culture where they are mm -hmm. and create what maybe where, um, where we need more. We just have to have to be, we're choosing to be the people that provide permission, right? Like we hold the class and we provide permission for you to come in and let go and not do anything. And that this is actually the intention of the class and, mm -hmm. um, and you can feel supported in that. So, um, and we can play with what that looks like in in opening ourselves up. So, did I answer the question? Did I yeah. answer the question? Yeah, no, it was so good. It yeah. was so good. Well, hopefully everyone listening to this as we move into the winter will invest in rest, 
let's say that. And um, if you want to come in person to invest in your rest, we have Tuesday nights, no, Monday nights with Jenna, 8.15 p.m., competitive napping, which is the perfect time to do that. End of the day, go home drooling. We have Tuesday, or sorry, <laughs> good night. So Mondays at 8.15, Wednesday, Thursday at 4.15 is our short form R&R class. You lead uh, the Thursday Wednesday. or Wednesday? Wednesday, 4.15. And then, you know, you can pop into 5.15, flow and go if you're really feeling it after. But I feel like they're normally like, oh, I'm just going to go, go home now. home. Yeah, I'm floating home. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have a 4.15 also on Thursday which is short form, and then we have 5.15 directly following, which is a longer form. So if you only have 45 minutes, come to 4.15. If you got a full hour, go to 5.15 on Thursday with uh, Karen or Jessica. And um, yeah, and we, we just hope for everyone to have a restful holiday. And the training, if you're curious about that, is the what, 12th through the 14th? Something like that. Yeah, 13th through the 16th. It's a weekend. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday in December. It's 10 hours of yes. continuing ed. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend looking into Judith Lassiter and just learning about her. She's brilliant. Part of our 200-hour curriculum involves some of her writing. And just in general, she's worth the yeah. the time. JudithHansonLassiter.com is her website. She puts a lot of articles. She's really... Um, informed in that she I learned so much in my trainings with her and um, it has evolved my practice so much and we'll learn about you know resting and in the different movements of the spine and I think the you know I think you should come if you're interested in signing up then just go to the website practicemd.com you should do it well happy holidays everyone uh, take care of yourselves out there and namaste namaste